Thank you so much, Grace and Ben, and good morning, everybody. Hey. <laughs> oh, love you guys. All right. Um, so some of you uh, may be uh, may know this already, and uh, but by way of reminder, um, uh, our our theme for this year of abundant life, uh, coming from John ten ten, one of the uh, threads that we've been weaving through the fabric of the journey that we've been on is uh, unpacking and developing uh, a full perspective of what uh, a, a pro-life viewpoint is for, as a follower of Christ. So all the way from womb to tomb. And we've, been, uh, we've looked at several other uh, vantage points and perspectives uh, regarding abortion, adoption, embryo adoption, um, and have had uh, numerous uh, chapels already uh, around that. But today, um, we're going to continue in that, and we have uh, a representative from the ministry, Johnny and Friends, uh, talking about the dignity and value, uh, particularly around the end of life. And, and so uh, let me tell you about, a little bit about our speaker and invite her up and pray uh, for her and for our, ourselves as we hear from her this morning. So Bethany Walker has worked in public policy for over a decade on issues within the pro-life, end-of-life, human trafficking, and disability sectors. She's received her master's in bioethics from Trinity International University, and she's currently serving as the manager of the Public Policy Center for Johnny and Friends. And for those of you not familiar, Johnny and Friends is a ministry, international ministry, committed to bringing the gospel and practical resources to people impacted by disability around the globe. So would you join me in please giving a warm Northwestern welcome to Bethany Walker. And also, would you join me in praying for her as we also pray for ourselves? Well, Father in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you that we have you as our vision. So Jesus, I pray that you would help us to see better today as you see, that you say that in order for us to see the kingdom of God, we have to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. We have to be able to see. So give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. And we thank you so much for bringing our sister Bethany here. And we pray that you would fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit now, that as she shares, as she teaches, as she offers, Lord, a vital perspective of how the gospel intersects with the value of all human life and how it leads us not just to have awareness, but to know how to act. I pray that you would anoint her words and that you would prepare our hearts to receive and that we would continue to encounter you and be transformed further into your likeness. We love you and thank you for loving us first. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Justin. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, you guys sound better than me at college. My chapel was at 8 a.m. Oh, is right. Imagine how many of us were awake for that chapel. I'm going to talk to you a little bit today. Um, I've heard from Justin that you are going through culture of life and what that kind of looks like. John 10.10. 10. You've seen that there's a comparison there that's happening. You have the thief that comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And then you have those that Christ has come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. What does that look like for us as Christians? Now, if you've looked at the pro-life and what it means to be pro-life in the womb, but God really called us to be pro-life throughout all of life. That's outside the womb. That's for those struggling through the middle of life. And that's for those struggling through the end of life. 
My background is in bioethics, so I want to give you a little context of what you guys will see that kind of contradict what we know to be valuable. And it's really important nowadays. We will be the decision makers on a lot of issues that are going to call to question the value of life. There's so much happening right now with biotechnology, there's so much happening with healthcare, there's so much happening with medicine and policy, and that questions everything that we know that makes us human. And I cannot tell you how valuable it is for you to have your own opinion and your own knowledge of what worth is as a human being. There will be a day that you will be so glad that you know what you think on some of these issues. Let me tell you why. So we know that our value is established by? Image of God. Christ in the very beginning created us with his image. We are his image bearers. Why do you think he did that? He put a stamp on us. He gave us knowledge to make decisions, but he also gave us something that was greater than ourselves. He gave us a piece of himself. We are his image bearers. It is not something that can be removed. It is not something that can be taken away, but it is something that can be ignored. Christ gave us as this standard from the, from the first moments of, of fertilization to the very end of life, this standard stays the same. It does not go away. Christ knew that there would come a day where we had the technology to kind of redefine some of these things. And he made it an immovable stamp. It is our absolute truth. We are valuable. You are valuable. I'm valuable. Your parents, your children, all of those individuals around you know this. The other thing that Christ pointed out in value is when you create this world of individuals, you always have the strong and you always have the weak. And Christ was the standard bearer that said that for those that are marginalized is our calling. It's not just something that we see and we're going to know in life because we live in a fallen world. It is also our vocational calling. Christ was, Christ was an amazing individual and stirring up cultural things. He, didn't, he wasn't afraid of norms and he wasn't afraid of questions. I was speaking to someone at Johnny Friends, my boss, Ben, and he said something that really convicted me. He said, you know, Bethany, as I think about where we are I ha and where the scripture was, I have to work through the reality that if I was in biblical times, I would most likely be a Pharisee. And that's true. It's true of most of us. It's definitely true of me. We would have been the ones that were like, oh God, keep the Sabbath holy. But Christ was the one that healed a crippled man on the Sabbath and said, really, are you going to allow someone to suffer while you worship God? When Christ said to invite all those to your feast, he said, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Not the wealthy, not the prestigious, not the ones that were the judges in the higher office. He said, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. One, because these are my people. These are my marginalized individuals, and they are my calling, and they have my worth as much as you do. He also said, this is because you, it is so important as Christians in our value to give back to those who cannot return it. He said, if you spend your whole life, and we're at that point where contacts matter, who you know gets you places. You hear that all the time. You're always looking for that next connection, that group that you want to be in, those people you want to know. And he said, those relationships, you seek them because they give you return. 
He said, I call you to seek the relationships that do not give earthly return, because that is not what we are about. We're from Johnny Friends, which is a disability ministry. Did you know that disability is the world's largest minority? Raise your hand if you knew that. One very intelligent guy here. Just one. It is the world's largest minority. It affects over a billion people. Only half of those have access to care. They're the most vulnerable to poverty because healthcare is expensive. And if you can't physically work, you can't make money. So they are the most vulnerable to poverty and they are four times more likely to report abuse. In the US alone, it's one out of four has some form of disability. World's largest minority. Christ said that this is our calling with marginalized groups. It is not about those that give back. It's about those that have the value of God and how we treat them defines us. Right now we're in a culture that is redefining what life is. We call it, often you'll hear this, a culture of death. The reason for that being is we now have a lot of uh, crimes against life justified in the name of individual freedom. And it's not really about individual worth anymore. It's about individual rights. You'll hear that. It's a rights battle. My body, my choice. My, I want an empowered death. I want the right to choose this and choose that. It's switched from looking at humanity as individuals with value and protection and to seeing whose right should trump who, which is a complete switch of legal, legal power. Because even law was created to protect individual lives from each other. So we, we'll see this in the legal system, which is public policy where I work, but you're also going to see this in healthcare. All of this is switching.